everyone, and welcome to Aval Cafe. My name is Brian Hosler. I'm the founder of Stormroots Consulting based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Carolyn Kamen. Hi, everyone. I'm also an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your favorite coffee shop if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone. If you're an expert or a novice, long-time practitioner, or just starting the field, or even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as you have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. So this week on Eval Cafe, we're going to be talking about uh, what should be in your evaluation survival pack. Uh, the reason this came up was I was talking with a colleague of mine uh, out in Ontario, and she was asking for some ideas, some resources. She was starting in on some evaluation work, and I said, like, oh, you should check out this book. You should check out this website. Hey, there's a great podcast called The Val Cafe that has started up, and I think it would be awesome to listen to. Um, but uh, from talking about that, that kind of gave us the idea that, uh, you know, we should do this as an episode. Yeah, and then when Brian suggested it to me, I thought, oh, that reminds me of my favorite episode of Adventures in Evaluation, uh, the, the podcast that is like the spiritual godparent of uh, this <laughs> podcast, was their Desert Island Evaluation Resources episode. So I'm just going to, I want to give a shout out to that one. Um, if you like this episode and you want more resources, go over and we'll link to this in our show notes and check out that episode of Adventures in Evaluation. And then when you're done, listen to all the other episodes of Adventures in Evaluation. Um, I also want to give a shout out before we get into what um, resources and, and uh, survival pack items we're going to share with you. The first thing you want is a checklist of everything that should be going into your evaluation survival pack. Uh, and you can find that in the CES competencies. I'm going to give a shout out to the CES competencies. They're a fantastic list of everything that you need to have at your disposal to be an amazing evaluator. Uh, so we're going to link that to the show notes. Please go read them and think about how they apply to your practice. I know that they can be super dry to read sometimes. It's just sort of a list of things you need to know. So like do, do something to make it fun. Turn it into like a drinking game, like take a shot every time there's a competency you think you have. And if you get really, really drunk, it's time to apply for your CE. Um, and that should also make it a little more fun to read through them. Um, so once, once you've done that, once you've, once you've got your checklist, once you uh, know what kind of things you want to be putting in your pack, uh, come back and listen to this podcast, finish listening to this podcast, and hopefully the resources that Brian and I have to share will give you some ideas of how to get those things into your survival pack. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, plus one to the to the competencies. Uh, I think one great thing about it, it's not just about, you know, research skills, it's not just about um, critical thinking skills, though those are really important. It does get into things like interpersonal uh, re relationships, uh, those kind of competencies, or project management. So a lot of things you don't think about, maybe when you think about evaluation, you think, oh, it's just about, you know, applied research. Uh, but there's a lot more to the field. So definitely go check those out and uh, use that maybe as a, as a guide, even if you don't ever plan to get your uh, CE status, your uh, credential evaluator status, it can still be really useful for kind of planning things out and seeing, you know, where do you need to, to improve on. So um, one last shout out before we get into kind of the the meat and potatoes of this episode, uh, evaluation cartoonist uh, Chris Lisi, uh, after I think it was the 2015 American Evaluation Association Conference, uh, wrote a little poem about, about being an evaluator and he called it the pragmatic dreamer. 
I'm not going to read it out loud, but um, we'll have the link in the show notes. And I think it's just kind of a good thing to maybe, if you're an evaluator, if you're, whether you have that title officially or you're just doing this off the side of your desk, uh, it's kind of a really good um, piece of encouragement to say, you know, why are we doing this work? Even when people are maybe seeing you as the person who always, you know, throws cold water on ideas or says, you know, how do we know that this program is going to work and all that? So it's a it's a good kind of, um, I don't want to say spiritual, but almost kind of a, 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 an encouragement piece. You know, it's like those uh, motivational posters you have up on your wall. Uh, this is kind of the evaluator motivational poster. And I think you can even order posters through his website with this on it, or you can just print it out from his website. So check that out um, if you ever need some a little uh, pick-me-up uh, when you're working as an evaluator. Okay, Brian, so what's the first thing that you're going to put in your evaluation survival pack before you head off into that scary wilderness of the, the unevaluated world? Well, first, I'll need to get a really good, big, thick backpack because some of these resources are a little bit big and heavy. Uh, I'm thinking about Michael Quinn Patton's. Uh, he's got some really great uh, reference books, some really good uh, kind of everything but the kitchen sink kind of resources. Uh, Utilization-focused evaluation, that's a great uh, resource. Um, his qualitative research and evaluation methods is just a really good catch-all for anything related to qualitative methods, so where you're doing interviews or focus groups or those kind of uh, non-quantitative approaches. Um, yeah, so those are kind of, that's my first thing. Uh, what about you? What's your, what's in your knapsack to start off with? The off? first thing that I'm going to put in my bag, um, and it's, it's going to be maybe a little weird how it fits in there, but uh, I'm going to put Excel. Microsoft mm. Excel, just a whole big spreadsheet. Gonna, gonna put that into my bag. Um, and I mean that on two different levels. One is, I honestly think um, of all the analysis tools that I have used and know how to use, and they all have their purposes, um, mm. Excel is the most flexible and easy to access one that I probably use more than anything else. And I've run into some people who are like, oh yeah, I don't really have really good Excel skills. And I, I keep thinking I should maybe work on that. You know, is that something that I, I need as an evaluator? And I say, yes, it will never be the only tool that you use, but gosh, it's really, really helpful. For me, it's like my multi-tool. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, it's practical and easy for me to use in a lot of situations. But also on a more conceptual level, um, what I want to represent by putting Excel into my survival pack is um, just also that ability to work with and understand data on a deep level. And not just numerical data, but qualitative data too. I use mm -hmm. Excel to help me navigate uh, my qualitative analysis also. And it's for me, it's just about understanding how data works, how to, how to work with it, how to analyze it, how to pull it apart, put it back together, get information out of it. And so that when I see how other people have analyzed data as well, I can think, okay, how did you get there? And what does that really mean? Because um, mm -hmm. I think when you get really good at using Excel, you think about data differently. So that's the mm -hmm. first thing that's going to go into my pack. Um, what nice. about you? What, what, what goes next into your evaluation survival gut pack? Um, hmm. Trying to find room among all the textbooks and all that. I think uh, uh, just having a supportive community, I'm not sure how they're going to fit into the backpack, but maybe just the easiest way is knowing that there's a huge uh, group of people, evaluators are an incredibly friendly community. Uh, they're willing to ask to answer questions that you may have, uh, no matter how beginner or basic you might think it is. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, online resources um, out there, a lot of different uh, forums and communication tools. 
uh, there's Twitter, there's Facebook groups, all sorts of things. Um, I think maybe one of the um, kind of most interesting one is maybe a little bit old fashioned, we can say in 2017, but it's still out there and still being really useful is um, the old fashioned email uh, listserv. And there's one that the American Evaluation Association runs called Eval Talk. Uh, it's, it's a free thing to sign up from. You can either get individual emails as they're sent and come in, or you can just uh, get a daily digest. But um, there's all sorts of, uh, you can just easily send an email to the list and have access to the opinions potentially of, or the resources of thousands of evaluators. And despite the name being the American Evaluation Association, these people are in Canada, they're all over the world. Uh, it's a really great resource um, if you just need to kind of ask a question about, hey, how would you approach this scenario, or do you have any resources you recommend? So it's kind of a meta resource, but, uh, you know, if you can tap into, you know, a worldwide network of, of folks who have knowledge and experience in this field, you know, why reinvent the wheel? Go see what other people have done and what they think about the problem. I think we're on the same wavelength. I, I just learned about Eval Talk maybe a couple of months ago, I don't know how I went so long without hearing about it or understanding what it was. And I joined and I thought, oh, wow, where has this been all my life? So I'm still getting used to it. It's, it you have to like acclimate yourself to the, to the structure of how it works. And, and um, there's so much to read through, just even the historical conversations that people have had. So I definitely want to plus one that. But I think we're definitely on the same page because the second thing I had on my list of what goes into my survival pack was Twitter. Um, and yeah, it's that same, like, I mean, you're right. There's so many different ways of getting connected and I think they're all great for me personally. Twitter has been my favorite. Um, I joined a couple of years ago. I started really slow. I just followed some people and I looked at who they followed and followed them. I didn't really talk with anyone. I just, I got used to it. I got used to the format and then around some conferences, I started actually engaging with people and it was completely different. And now um, a couple years later, I mean, I don't have like a huge Twitter following or anything. I'm not Twitter famous. Um, but I, I have people that, you know, from across the world that I would consider, you know, friends and colleagues that I've never met. And I'm excited for the one day, the conference or something where we actually get to meet in person and it'll be like meeting a long lost friend. Um, but I've gotten work off of Twitter. Um, I've helped other people connect with resources through Twitter. Um, even just, you know, being able to say, oh, here's my opinion about something and put it in the eval tag and, and find out that, you know, it's not an unpopular opinion that, oh, actually other people feel this way too. It makes me feel like I'm more part of my community um, of evaluators. So I think, yeah, that it's that community piece. So, you know, get connected with other evaluators because there's so much out there and sometimes you won't know how to do something or where to find something and you ask a question in a place like Twitter or eval talk and there are so many helpful people who will help direct you to that resource or that idea or that technique um, or that article that will help you um, sort out whatever issue you're having so yeah having that supportive community so important that definitely has to go in the survival pack. All right, so it's already getting a little full, even just with you know a couple of items each. But you know what? What else are you going to be stuffing in there? Um, yeah, I'm going to continue on that theme of community. I think I think that's uh, something we're hitting on as a theme here, and it's a good thing we're not on a desert island because it'd be a very it'd be the most populated desert island I've ever seen. <laughs> um, but I think um, yeah, I guess if I had to be something to put in my pack, it would be uh, tickets and a conference pass to. Uh, either the American Evaluation Association or the Canadian Evaluation Society, or preferably both. Uh, I mean, it's not always easy to get the time away and to, to travel um, to get there, but 
like you said, you know, you, you go to a conference and you start recognizing people's names that maybe you've come across the resources online or you've had a conversation on Twitter. Uh, it just this is a great opportunity. There's there's learning opportunities always. There's usually pre-conference workshops. Uh, you get to see what other people are doing. Um, I mean, you can ask what's the value of a conference in today's world when you have online mechanisms and all that. But there is, I think, something just being able to go to uh, to a space where there are other people like you and uh, who work in this field. And the nice thing I found about this conference too is that it is a very diverse field as well. You have people who are doing independent consulting practice like the two of us are. You have people who are working within nonprofit settings, who are working for private foundations, uh, for government, um, all sorts of different contexts, uh, local, international. Uh, it's just a really neat experience both to kind of yeah, kind of find your find your group there uh, to learn some things, to be inspired, um, but also yeah, to to get different perspectives as well on how this big thing called evaluation is practiced around the world. So I'd say yeah, uh, hooking up with those plane tickets and uh, some conference uh, memberships and send me off. Oh, awesome! Yeah, that's a totally great thing to have in your survival pack. So. Um, so the first two things that I put into my survival pack were very, I would say, a little more metaphysical, uh, but I, there are some books that I want to put in there too. And the first book that I'm going to put in, because you can't travel without, you can't survive without books, um, is, and here's, here's my Michael Quinn Patton contribution, <laughs> specifically the book Getting to Maybe, uh, oh. which is the first Michael Quinn Patton book that I read because it was the easiest one to get because it was actually in my local public library, not the university library, the local public library, right on the shelf, right in my neighborhood. Um, and I don't know if, if everyone has uh, read this one, like most of us have, have, you know, looked through utilization focused evaluation or maybe picked up his, his qualitative, like those are more sort of technique focused. It was not written by Michael Quinn Patton alone, first of all. Uh, it was also written by Francis Wesley and Brenda Zimmerman. Um, and it's a book, the reason I want to recommend this is it's a book that it includes evaluation, but it's really about social innovation and social, social change and that perspective. And I think um, to do evaluation, especially to do the kind of evaluation that I like to do, you have to understand where the social innovators are coming from. You have to understand um, that, that social change world and perspective and also understand how evaluation fits into that which this book covers really well and it's just an easy accessible book like I said I got this one for the first time at my public library um, it is a book that is written to be accessible to everyone and so that's why that one is going in my survival guide that is an awesome resource and I am glad you brought it up because I completely forgot about it and which is odd because that's how I learned about developmental evaluation so uh, that is that is a great resource. He, that MQP kind of lays out a bit of the uh, the rationale and some of the yeah some of the background behind developmental evaluation. So if you're interested, like you said, in doing that kind of working with more social innovation stuff, yeah, that is an awesome resource. So thanks for bringing that up. And it is much more uh, portable. It's it's a it's a paperback. It's a small. Yeah, you're right. It's it's almost like a like reading through a through a novel rather than having to read through a textbook or a resource book. I, I don't know how to follow up on that one, honestly. That's a that's a hard one to follow up on. Um, maybe I should go metaphysical too. Uh, but I think maybe um, sticking with this idea of, of learning in community, um, uh, one downside sometimes of living in a place like Saskatoon is that it, it does take some time to travel to conferences, to travel 
there's not a lot of workshops in our area unlike people say in in uh, lower mainland BC or in Ontario um, so I rely a lot on different online um, uh, conferences and workshops and that uh, webinars and such um, two I'm gonna raise right now or maybe I should say three if I can cheat a little bit uh, both AEA and CES have their own online webinars. Um, AEA has a nice kind of intro one called the Coffee Break webinar. And that idea is that basically they're free. They're 20-minute webinars on some sort of topic. So the idea is that it's the same length as your average coffee break. Um, and it's just a really great way just to kind of get an introduction to a topic and maybe a different resource or an idea that you've never been um, exposed to before. So. Uh, I know there's one coming up about networking for introverts, and because I'm an introvert, I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. Uh, there's one later in August about uh, project management. Again, that's something that's really useful, being an independent evaluator. So um, yeah, it's a great resource like that. Um, both AEA and CS also have more full length, so like a couple hours um, webinars. I think um, AEA's is called eStudy, and then CS has started their e-institute. Of, um, of online webinars. So those ones you do have to pay a, a fee and I think it may be limited to members of those, of those uh, associations only, but uh, certainly it still is more affordable than having to pack your bags and travel across the country. And then the final one is one that's being run by the Claremont Graduate University in Southern California. Uh, they have every August a um, evaluation workshop series, but the thing is, is that they stream all of them online Again, you have to pay for it. I think it's $100 US or $50 for students uh, for a one-day workshop. But again, you have some really big names like Michael Quinn Stuart Donaldson, John Gargani, and so on. So um, it's a really good, uh, easy way to kind of get access to some of this material without having to travel to Southern California. Though, who doesn't want to travel to Southern California? Well, maybe not so much in August. It's a little hot down there. <laughs> That's true, yes. So. <laughs> I think so. those are great resources. I think that, you know, in, in the post-apocalypse world, we're going to be, you know, able to evaluate all of our, all of our um, re society rebuilding efforts pretty well with these great resources that we have. Right. <laughs> so what's left still on your list? I mean, we can probably talk about it for hours about all the different resources, but... Uh, What's maybe one or two more items which are like must-haves in your in your survival pack? Yeah, well, the next one I think it'll fit because it's it's not a big book, um, and it's also not a um, traditional evaluation text either. It's in fact a novel that I read when I was fifteen. Um, that for me was my introduction to design thinking. Mm. And I think design thinking is something that's really important for evaluation right now and that evaluation and design are two sides of the same coin. And uh, I think a lot of uh, met some designers who agree with me and evaluators who agree with me as well. Um, I'm still exploring design thinking and I haven't yet come across like a really good introductory resource um, to design thinking that's oriented for people who are not designers. I'm sure it's out there, I just haven't found it yet, but that's why I thought, okay, in my survival pack, I want to put in and, and recommend the book, uh, The Cheese Monkeys by Chip <laughs> Kidd, which if you haven't heard of it before, it's a book written by a guy who designs books, book covers, and you can really tell that while reading it, and it was the first time that I had seen the world through the eyes of someone um, who designed. 
And it's a fiction book. It's a really fascinating book. It's about it's a book about a kid in art school and, and learning about design for the first time as well himself. It's fo the focus is graphic design, but I think um, from a design thinking standpoint, you can still pull in some of the principles. And it's just, I mean, it's a fun, interesting read. This is not a textbook. This is not a teaching book. It's just a fun, interesting book. And if you're trying to find a way to think about, you know, what what is it like to think like a designer? What does design mean? then why not start at a place that's really just fun? Um, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be a voluminous tome of, of knowledge. It can just be a fun novel. So that's the next thing that I'm gonna, gonna wedge into my survival pack that's getting very full now. Um, so what else are you gonna try to fit in there? Well, I have two quick ones, and I think uh, they actually both come from Down Under from Australia. One is the website, um, or yes, the internet-enabled device which allows you to access websites. Um, which allows you to go to the website bettervaluation.org. It is a pretty much a catch-all, really comprehensive online resource for anything evaluation. You know, if you come across, uh, if you're speaking with a community partner and they're interested in, uh, say, outcome mapping as a specific tool, and you don't know anything about outcome mapping, go to bettervaluation.org and type in outcome mapping, and you'll find a good basic definition, you'll find examples, you'll find loads of resources and ideas around it. Um, they even have kind of like a start to finish, you know, what are the stages, your typical stages of an evaluation, um, how do you budget for evaluations, like what should you be considering when you're trying to, to cost out or scope out the work of an evaluation. So it's just an awesome resource if you take nothing else I think away from this and you're just having to do an evaluation, you're completely over your head, go to betterevaluation.org. And then the second resource uh, is by um, it's another book. I know we're like lugging around half a library on our backs at this point. Um, it's called uh, Purposeful Program Theory by Sue Funnel and Patricia Rogers. Uh, program theory or anything with theory in the title is going to sound dry. It's going to sound, you know, what what's the point of it? But uh, I really love this book. I took it out uh, actually from my local library, surprisingly had it. And within, I think, a day of starting to read it, I was on Amazon ordering it because I, like this, it's that useful. It starts with the example of the uh, old maxim, you know, uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, and kind of says, how do we chain that out? How do we come up with the outcome chain that leads from giving people apples to them being healthy? And kind of really kind of sets that out as an evaluation exercise and gets you thinking about how do our actions connect with outcomes and then the more... Uh, long-term outcomes and then ultimately for long-term vision it's just a, it's such I could probably spend a whole podcast episode talking about this book honestly uh, but it, it's a really good resource if you think program theory or logic models or theory of change just goes over your head get this book it's it's uh, it's, a, it's such a useful resource it has example program theories example outcome chains um, if you're starting an evaluation and you get scared by boxes and squiggly arrows, this is a good a good resource for you. I, I use, I, I can, I, I'm, I'm part of the 12-step uh, the model from being scared of, of logic models and such, but uh, I'm, I think at least on step seven by now, thanks to this book. I should have known that an outcome of doing this podcast episode would be that I would have to go out and buy more books. Why yeah. did I not foresee that as the obvious eventuality? Because I just bought a bunch of books and now I have to go and buy some more. I hope that everyone listening to this is in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are sorry, um, but not sorry. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, but not sorry. 
So, okay, so then the last thing I'm going to put in my survival pack, and I'm glad that Brian and, er and I are in this together because I want everything that's in his survival pack too. <laughs> Between us, we can both definitely survive. Um, the last thing to go into mine is another book, another slim, I think pretty accessible volume, um, Thinking in Systems by mm. Donella H. Meadows, which is the place to start with systems thinking. Um, she promises at the beginning of the book that once you start down this path, you'll, you won't be able to stop thinking about systems and putting everything around you into a system. I can't walk into my kitchen without thinking about the system that, um, I goes on with like the dirty dishes. Why do the dirty dishes always pile up here? Oh, it's because, you know, there's a negative feedback loop between me and the dishwasher. And <laughs> I just wanted a sandwich, you know, <laughs> <laughs> This is such a great book. Um, she explains things really well. She breaks down some very complicated concepts in a way that I think you can grab hold of. Again, if systems thinking is something that intimidates you, start here um, and it'll open up a whole big world. Uh, she uses really practical examples and I think foresees a lot of the challenges that people will have. So it's a fantastic place to start. And that's the last thing that I'm going to wedge into my um, survival pack on this round. Who knows? Maybe we, we'll have to do a follow-up episode where we shove even more stuff in there. We covered some really great ground here today. Yeah, uh, I think we there's tons of resources out there, and I know that there's more we could have included today. Uh, if you out there listening have ideas for us, if you have a resource that you think is really crucial, uh, please drop us a line. Our information will be in our outro of this episode. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and if there's enough ideas that come through, uh, we might do a follow-up episode on some more resources to, you know, we got the backpack full, now we can get the suitcase, we can get the steamer trunk out, uh, just keep, just keep, uh, packing it in. Okay, that's it for this episode of Eval Cafe. Thank you to all our listeners. Please check out the rest of our episodes on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, or Google Play, or by going through our website, evalcafe.wordpress.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at EvalCafe. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for Poppers and Prosecco, our intro theme, and Dispersion Relation, our outro, as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro.